Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coach Kings, Kings Radio. Radio. Now, it's been a minute since we had an episode because we've been busy. We went to... Life. Yeah, well, we, we, we went to life. <laughs> also went to Paris and then to Disneyland and Anaheim. And then we did SeaWorld, Superfly Mountain, Discovery Kingdom, and then the whole shebang, Boardwalk. To whatever. Northern California. It was a family reunion of sorts. Yeah, so all that good stuff, all that we've kind of off the scene. Uh, but we're back, and we're going to pick up kind of where we left off with our European parks. We did, at this point, a couple weeks ago at least. Um, we're talking about Tripsol today, um, whatever sparks Tripsol. Again, thank you guys for having us out. We appreciate you inviting us. Um, we're going to just kind of take like a note up. We usually do like a tour of the park, and we'll start with the original part of the park. I guess I so. Just, it's in a vineyard, which is, is the biggest so bit of information here. I just love this place so much. Like, I just, I this park is just perfect to me. Like, I, the old part of the park, which is right kind of in the middle, is just so so charming. It's so, gosh, like what's the word? Like it's pristine, but it's so full of character. I just. Just looking back at the pictures, I'm, I'm just, like, amazed all over again. Like, the flowers and stuff. And if so many of these cute rides. Like, this has got to be, like, the little, like, tracked ride, like, family ride capital of the world. Because, like... Well, to give you some background, so we're in the middle of nowhere. Um, and we're kind of in Germany's vine country. Mm-hmm. And to get there, you have to go to those little small towns. It's really inconvenient, but really yeah. fun at the same time. Um, and then you get to the park, and you kind of can see it the last minute because it's kind of hidden behind a giant hill. Um, you know, where there's grapes growing. And um, the original part of the park is kind of like a small square that has like a wine cellar and museum and then a bunch of little track rides that are themed to winemaking, yeah. whether that's like a little barrel ride or it's a little teacup-ish the kind of ride. Or like the, it's the soup terrine. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and lots of like obviously flowers and there's a couple of mini animatronic shows which definitely come from an age where a lot of the smaller European parks, that was kind of like an attraction. Um, so that's kind of the original part of the park. And they also, in that original part of the park, have a zero Tiffany coaster. A double figure eight. Which is really, really nicely nice landscaped. Um, and then they have two additional areas of the park. There's a giant loop that they added onto the end of the square. Which is home to the big four coasters, yeah. or the big three coasters. They started this expansion in and the, the late nineties with and, the first coaster and, and the log flume, and then kind of worked their way back. Yeah, and then also the rabbit ride. And then on the other side of the park, which is actually close to the entrance, they have the area that now is home to the New Fukoma Invert slash Family Boomerang, boomerang um, Hop Super Cup. And full dump. Um, so we're just going to start talking about some of the attractions in the old park. And then we'll just kind of end with um, Hall Super Cup. So um, another attraction in the old park um, that we that I really liked, uh, we kind of mentioned earlier, is the um, the spinning wine barrel ride. The wine barrel. I don't exactly know how it works either. Because there are some parts where like, you spin out of control, but it's it's like activated, deactivated, activated, deactivated. So I'm not really sure how exactly it works. I don't know. It's just magic. It's powered by... Magic wine, oh, babe. That's magic not grapes. Okay, <laughs> babe, it's magic. It's not magic. There is there is an answer to this question. I just don't have it. Uh, that's a really cute ride. So you kind of go through this little garden, I guess. And you're it's really like their barrel. signature ride. Like so, when you go to the winery and get your complimentary wine goblet for wine tastings in the cellar, 
Um, the wine barrel ride is etched into the glass. I really feel like that and like their little windmill slide and the little maypole themed spinny ride at the entrance. Like those are their signature rides. And they're all like It's funny because they yeah, and they're all rides. like equally spread out in front of the the, the wine cellar. So yeah. it really much feels like a really cohesive little park that's very tiny compared to all the stuff they've added since. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, you have that family, um, well, the Zero Tif- Tiffany coaster, which its queue is actually um, it's a, a giant big, like, arbors, like, yeah, like a, like a hedge mace vibe almost, but it's like covered like with tunnels of of greenery, and mm-hmm. it's hard to explain. But it's yeah, like plant archways, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and then there's a couple of um, weird rides, like that Mallard ride. Where it's just a bunch of ducks going in a row, and it wouldn't stop. You oh, could yeah. jump on or off. Yeah, yeah. You just, like, like can pick your kid up and out of it or drop them in. I mean, yeah, there's, like, kitty rides all over the place. A bunch of little, like, monorail-type rides. Um, a couple of different car... Like, there's a there's an antique car ride, and you can either get, like, the old Ford, or you can get a horse-drawn carriage vehicle <laughs> yeah. that seats, like, six people. It's freaking great. Uh, and... So everything in that area of the park is, like, a vintage ride, except for the Gershlauer Skyfly. Yeah, that's right. The simulator, um, which is a nice fit looks for it. very nicely integrated with these other rides that are all, it like, look like they're at least 40 years old. And I do want to make it known that your ticket includes a visit to the wine museum and wine cellar, and you yeah. get a free little goblet mm-hmm. to fill up with wine for tasting. And, yeah. and then the wine samples are between two and three bucks, um, euros, of course. And there's lots of different kinds of wines, but they're all regional. So there's like a bunch of awesome regional wines that are literally made right there. This um, is like a god-tier cool. amusement park experience, like non-ride attraction. Like it's, it's right up there with like the Whale Shark Aquarium at Shyamong Ocean Kingdom in yes. terms of like... <laughs> We're selling it a tiny bit. You know, I mean, this, but this is like, this vineyard, this cellar is like over 100 years old. Yeah, it's very cool, but it's looks like any other cellar and... You know, it's... But it's just, like, in terms of... I mean, like, if we're going to talk Chamlong, it's, like, the world's greatest aquarium, but, like, the largest... Like, the largest... Um, I know, like, wall, it's a record-breaking you know? aquarium. This is the wine cellar. <laughs> world's largest single acrylic panel. Acrylic, that's what it was. <laughs> My point is, is that it's a super unexpected and very, very special attraction, attraction to be, with, like, inside of an existing amusement park. Because I would say that, like, having an aquarium in your theme park is not as common as having a wine cellar and a functioning winery in your theme park. Yeah, but, like, even having an aquarium of that size, it's usually, like, its own attraction. Right, like, yeah. That's not inside the theme park, so it's yeah. almost equally as, as unique. Because they sell wine at, like, almost every major theme park. But having a wine cellar like that is quite unique, yes. But they have aquariums at a bunch of different parks. They have an aquarium like that. It's really unique. Like that! So what I'm saying is... That one. The parallel is fine, but to call it greater than... than, than I didn't say it was greater. I just said it was like... That's what it reminded me of when I was like... There's something you said that implied that it was even more significant. We're wasting time. Do not antagonize me over semantics. (laughs) It is two in the morning. Beautiful. (laughs) So next up, we're going to go to the big loop. The big... what didn't they have a name for this area? Like, because it was it's mostly grassy. <laughs> I do not know, but it's it, grassland. It area. is a giant grassland area. And so to get there is hard. So when you get for the it's entrance, not that hard. So to get for the entrance of the park, 
<laughs> to this giant loop. You have to kind of like make your way around the old you park. You just kind of make like a dollar sign shape. It's very <laughs> yeah, simple. It's super simple. <laughs> Which implies you also have to go and do the two streaks that go through the S. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then you get to this giant loop. You're like, wow, it's a giant field. With grass in it, very European. Everyone's just laying out and yeah. like camping out. Picnicking and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> picnicking whatnot. And then the first thing you see is the log flume, uh, which is the infamous bathhouse-themed log flume. The area is actually very well known to have like Terramen, which is kind of like, it's a German word for like a bathhouse. Um, and so the women houses, is that what they call them? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a thing for the region, Brown actually. Um, and the... Log flume is that. So it's a maglog flume, um, similar ride experience when it comes to comfort and stuff to Wallaby Holland and Wallaby Belgium's max flumes. You know, you've seen them. This is one of the best log flumes in the world. Like, it's super awesome. Um, it has a backer section, forward section, beautifully beautiful. landscaped. The, big, the indoor scene with the, of the bathhouse is gorgeous, stunning. Exactly. So it's kind of a, a highly themed, and it's interwoven in this castle they build that is also has the uh, the Gerslauer bobsled through it. Mm-hmm. Those were like a, a dark, yeah, they were those built were built together simultaneously. It's funny because even though one expansion. is Matt and one is Gerslauer, they were built so seamlessly together. The mouse came first, and then the log flume came in 1999, and all of the infrastructure that the mouse shares with the log flume, it was all built, and the mouse opened like partially still under construction. And this is a trend. For them, this is a, something that they would do again later with Caraca, where the coaster opened one year, and the theming and whatnot is just a skeleton of sorts. And then the following year, it debuted with with the theming and the scenery, and in this case, with also the log flume, which is what was built in conjunction with actually finishing up the the theme components for the mouse. So, a really really cool little combo attraction there. Um, Definitely, like, the first place that I go in this little loop area. Um, and well, let's talk a little bit about, about um, the, well, not really Wild Mouse. It's, it's the first ever Gerslauer yeah, Bobsled Ger- Coaster. It's, it's the Ger- first ever Gerslauer Coaster, period. Yashenk Sal, which is, I don't have to tell you, beautifully landscaped, because everything in this park pretty much is. I think the, the what's even cooler about this ride than the little castle that it shares with the log flume, I think, is the terraforming that they did with the bunny hops at the end. I mean, it's, it's really, this ride's really a work of art. So the funny thing is, is that it's literally um, themed to sleds. Um, and every ride at this park has um, mannequin-filled yeah. cubes where they have all these little scenes they built, and this is no exception. So the theme is you go into kind of like a stable of horses and yeah, it's a um, horse-drawn carriage. Yeah, that thing. kind of I guess just yeah. takes off to the castle. Um, awesome smoothness. I mm-hmm. can't believe how incredibly smooth it is. The vehicles are a little bit smaller than the mo- than, than the more recent. Yeah, because like Van Helsing Factory's vehicle. I can sit in front row, no problem. For yeah. example, but then I tried sitting in front row on Gisang um, Dasau, and it was it was not. A thing. I guess because like, these were prototypes, fit. like they didn't have like a standard vehicle size. Set up yet. And the layout's pretty massive. If you look at the pictures on the CozyGings.com that we have, uh, you can really kind of see that the part of the ride that, where the exit's located, which is not even the furthest point, uh, is very, very far away from the castle itself, which has the, you know, the wild mouse part and the healing seas and stuff. Ride. 
It's uh, it's quite impressive. And you notice it's been cloned. Yeah, Gershon um, had a big hit with this. There, um, and then there's the similar coaster in Klotty Park, also in the wine area of Germany, a couple hours away from there. Um, and that one's a custom, right? That is a custom, yeah. yeah. Um, it is pretty impressive that so much of this ride is hidden and it's so well terraformed. Mm-hmm. It's Honestly, you can kind of almost miss it if you don't really pay attention. Like, the castle is very prominent, so is the flume. Coming out of it, but you can kind of just kind of forget. There's a coaster that winds all the way through. This is the kind of ride. It's very like Batman the Ride at Great America, where you ride the clones first, and you're like, "Oh, this is a nice layout. Like, I can see why they cloned this." Like, I rode Thor's hammer at Jura Summerland first, and then rode this. Did you ride the one on Poldens Park too? Is that a copy of this? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, But Thor's hammer, I rode before I rode the original. And I was like, oh, you know, this is a great layout. Like, it fits in so nicely with Jure Summerland. And then I wrote the original. I was like, wow, okay, I can really feel how this was designed for this park specifically. Oh, totally. And the fact that it worked so nicely in other parks was just a nice coincidence. Like, it fits in so nicely at Jure Summerland. It's hard to believe that it's a clone. Because um, that one, like, goes over the water. And, like, it, it just feels very tailored to the park. But that is the beauty of a good uh, production model ride is if you can design it just so that when you put it in a park, it doesn't necessarily feel like it was just dropped down, matter-of-factly. But yeah, in the same plaza, so um, this park is a Gerslauer kind of park, because they also have two more Gerslauers in the, like, two more Gerslauer coasters in this area. I guess it's a big Gerslauer Vacoma park. Who made the Rapids Ride? The Rapids Ride is that one European company that I always forget. They did the Rapids Ride at, like, but beyond long tour for long stay. There's a wild adventure. Yeah, so it's like the ones that always do like the giant. Generally speaking, like the little the, the little pie shaped and uh, no, the big whirlpools. They do the big yeah. whirlpools, and even there's even a whirlpool on this rapid ride, but, but it doesn't, doesn't go drop, anywhere. It doesn't go into the whirlpool. Um, so this rapid ride is themed to the history of cleaning clothes. Yeah, it's using, like laundry. It's like, yeah, it's laundry to ride. There's even like a really interesting map in the queue that shows you like how different laundry was throughout Germany at a certain point, like how differently technology was. Like in some cities, there was like actually like laundry. it almost gives me like Epcot vibes. It was really it's like carousel it was of progress, really but it's like the carousel of laundry. And then you ride the laundry thing, and so um, this rapid ride is actually quite massive. Um, it's pretty wild. There is a obviously like every rapid ride, uh, a giant waterfall section. You no know, one just turns with a bunch of waterfalls. Um, it's really nicely landscaped. I think the biggest surprise to me was this like weird drop they had. It was almost like like a shoot, the shoot. Yeah, kind that of was area. a good moment. And then you like it, it go like down a, and you go a, into a tunnel. Yeah. Like it was really neat. It had like a proper splashdown. The whole vibe of this rapids ride. It's it's the ride that's in the middle of the loop. All the other attractions are on the outside of the loop, and it reminds me a lot of Toverland. But it's so nicely landscaped that you kind of forget it's there. It's kind of just boats floating mm. through like. You know, just scenic-looking pond. Toberland did a really good job integrating the rapids ride. I think they it's from the Jenga same company, River. I think. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like this whole, like, expanding your park into a new area and making the rapids ride the centerpiece is a, a total vibe. Well, it's nice, yeah, for sure, because very, you kind of, like, landscape it. And very make it. Toberland, very SeaWorld San Diego. The difference between the Toverland is that that one's highly elevated, so most of the ride is actually elevated. Yeah. Where this, is, this one feels a bit like, more natural. It's, yeah, it's ground level. In fact, at some point, like the midways are above the ride. So, um, And then right next to it is Mammut, which is the park's Gerslau wooden coaster. Yes, you heard that right. A Gerslau wooden coaster. It's yes. a prefabricated, much like the Intimates. Yeah. Uh, however, it has trains from Gerslauer. 
It did not run what I expected to run. It's kind of sad because... And Sven warned us, and I didn't fully believe him, and then I was like, oh, yeah. And it's a little sad because um, the queue is themed for mannequins and everything to um, bus sawing, I guess, like logging, and then there's this, like, pre-show that's before the the, the lift hill that's pretty neat. Like, it's an overall, like, well-themed attraction. The layout's... Spectacular, but it's cool. Um, it just doesn't track very well. So, and the trains are not very comfortable. So, I was just slamming the shit out of my knees the entire ride, which is kind of unfortunate. We tried to give, we gave it another shot later in the day, and it was not any better. Like, it was just as bad. When I wrote it in 2013, it just felt really, really gentle, like so smooth that it, it just almost didn't feel like a wooden coaster. Like, all of the forces and the wooden coasteriness of it felt like it was kind of engineered out. This time it felt like it just wasn't running as intended. Like, the trains were sort of fighting the track. It was a little bit like our bandit rides on this trip, but not, as, not as bad. Practically. But not great. Um, well, the cool thing I don't know. about the ride is that it has all those tunnels, and it's, like, pretty nicely terraformed. Uh, it's just not very... Well, yeah, it's just not very smooth, unfortunately. I did like the landscaping, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I love the whole area around it, because it was all, like... The, the lumber area, I guess. There was, like, a kitty area attached to yeah, the station. Yeah, like, this play area. That was really yeah, fun. that was kind of neat. I think the... I think the part of this park that really sticks with me, aside from, like, the old stuff with the wine and, and whatnot, is how fascinated they are with doing their little vignettes and the little animatronics. Like, there is so much detail. The Rapids Ride one, I think, is still my favorite because it really is a very lengthy demonstration of animatronics like and it's classic. yeah see the queue for um gesenkta sao is cool because it has that giant theater yeah oh yeah so you go through it's so, like you watch this giant screen it kind of goes about the history of the sled and then you have like all these like different kinds of sleds parked in this giant room and then you go into all these stables that's honestly a really neat queue and you can see that it obviously was the first big coaster it ever had so it would it always used to get big lines um and then for mammoths it's mostly outdoor, but you know, because it's a bus saw facility, yeah. I guess, like a sawmill. Um, and then for um, Caraco, it's indoor. It's all indoor. Um, which I guess we can talk about Caraco real quick. It's very like it gives me Pirates of the Caribbean nostalgia. It has that kind of charm to it. Caraco? No, I mean all the uh, the audio animatronics. Uh, well, the, I guess the, they're all the stationary. Yeah, but yeah, they're very simple. Like it's like old pirates, like pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean, like the animatronics and on. All of Disney's rides these days are a lot more articulated now, but these are these are simple animatronics. But they're very they're so sweet and just sat, I don't know satisfying and classic in a way that feels substantial and likable. It doesn't feel dated or uh, like underdeveloped or, or under maintained or anything. It's just it's like a stylistic choice that's just really charming and feels like kind of bygone like a lost art of like the simple animatronic and um character molds and things but yeah caraco has what exactly i mean the theme of caraco it's is like it's, it's steampunk yeah it's like steampunk like rocket it definitely comes on the steampunk propulsion. era too when you think about it that was really the time that all these sparks started doing steampunk i mean um like literally everyone was in the steampunk yeah. thing in like 2014 15 16 um so practically you are, I guess, bored in this experimental rocket thingy. Uh, when you leave the station, you have this cool drop that goes underneath the queue. 
and you have this like, <laughs> this, you know, yeah. Spoiler alert: you have this zero, not zero roll, barrel roll underground before launching out and doing a bunch of big elements. It's actually one of the, my favorite Gerslauers. It's a, it had oh, me too. It had like the power of Gold Rush and Slahagen, where it's like really snappy in some points, mm-hmm. really forceful, um, but it spread out just like giant field and you know interacts with landscape and has tunnels. There's an element where there's this really sharp dive loop. Oh into God. the tunnel underground, the and you come out of it via a corkscrew. Super unique and fantastic. Really enjoyed it. And then the exit store is also a ice cream shop and ice a restaurant. Cafe. Yeah. And the restaurant was actually really nice. We oh, yeah. uh, we got. Uh, what, did you, what did you have to eat again? Veggie burger. Yeah, you had fries, and I had that like yogurt salad, like the salad with like a yogurt mm. dressing. Really good. We uh, we sat out and ate like underneath the, the coaster. Watched it was, and you can kind of see all the coasters from there. It's vibe. a really pleasant um, area. This ride is like the perfect looping coaster because it has inversions that are like amazing highlights of the ride, but it's not all inversions. It feels like the layout of the ride is pretty straightforward. It's not like super long, but it just feels expertly crafted and forceful and interesting. The first time I wrote this, it was about a week old, and kind of like with Yasinkta Sal, it was just uh, like the concrete shell for the station was there, and that was it. Like the coaster was open, and it was just a coaster, and it, everything else was like dirt and scaffolding. Um, so we were we were really lucky that it was open for us, and I remember thinking like, oh, I'm gonna come back someday, and you know, I'll get to actually see like the finished product, and yeah, the finished product is gorgeous, like the restaurant exit area and the queue, the station, like it's so much, it's, it's even more grand than uh, I had imagined based on seeing the skeleton and, and stuff for it. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. It was great. And it's aging beautifully, you know? Oh yeah. It's like, I feel like Gerstlauer's often had like a Gerstlauer battle Sh- to them. <laughs> Gerstlauer's uh, are this not, is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because all the Gerstlauer's except for the Woody there were, were running really, really, really well. well. Every so coaster at that park ran really well except for the Woody. Now, let's see what else we have in the area. I think that's kind of it for the area. So, I mean, there is, I guess, six major rides there. You have They have the two major water rides, the four... The three major coasters. The three coasters. Five and they have that little, um, that little swing-around flat ride behind Caraco that looks like... The vehicles look exactly like uh, Hagrid's Magical Creatures motorbike adventure, but it's just like a spinny ride. Is it a kitty ride? It's just like a little swing around thing. Like, yeah, it's like a family ride. There's one. There it's was, in the big circle. There was one at Hansa Park too. It's in the big circle. Yeah. Or is it? It's like the only non-tracked ride in the in the big loop. Why am I having a hard time imagining this? And it was. I mean, it was really kind of off to the side here. I'll, it's on Google Maps. I'm gonna pull it up for you. But it's a cute. They're really popular in Europe. These little swing around rides that, that are like motorbikes, because the one where the El Paso Express used to be at Hansa Park, they put one there too. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I really don't. Okay, hold on, hold on. Please hold for next available. So one thing actually that I'm gonna fill the time with real quick is um, there are all these really cool 3D photo ops because the midways are pretty large in this area. And they made all these like paintings that are like themed to whatever the area is a theme to. That's a great way to. Uh, to- we took a couple of cool pictures like that. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Midways. I'm looking back at them right now on the, on the report, and uh, it looks pretty sick, See, actually. here's the loop, and it really is such a cool area with, like, the big grassy areas and coasters and stuff around and the rapids right in the middle. Here's the little flat ride I'm talking about. 
this right here. Eyes are open. And it is like just these little motorbike sidecar. Uh, Do you remember? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Also very steampunk. Super bunky. cute, right? Yeah. It's like this is part a of smoke stack is like the thing in the center. But yeah, so those are the six rides. There's one flat ride. Oh, there's a little video of it. One flat ride, two water rides, three roller coasters. Yeah. And this park itself, if it's not really busy, um, the operations are pretty decent. You can get a lot done. Um, and it's while it's really sprawling, there isn't like a whole lot to it because it's a lot of these really big attractions that take up their own space. Yeah. Um, it's a concise little park. I think that, that middle area is really actually the part, even though it's kind of a, it's not that big, the, the center area of the park, it's kind of the area of the park that you'll get lost in kind of wandering around and, and seeing, it kind of just seems to keep going and going. Like once you go up into the kitty area that has that, like that duck ride, um, it just feels like there's just so much to it, but it's just like, it's just the most perfect little kitty park. I mean, it's so much more than kitty rides, but if you have kids that aren't into throw rides and they just want to go on rides that move kind of slowly and explore like the environment, this park is just a winner. Like, there's just so many little rides like that. And they're also just adorable and satisfying. They have the the small monorail that you just sit in, and it's like those these like little wooden planter box-themed cars. And then it has, like, the pedal cycle one that's butterfly-themed. They even have to, like, bike your own bike thing, which is kind of And wild. then they have the little, like, the little bunny rabbit, like, like little forest animal ride. Yeah. It's like a miniature car ride outside. And then, of course, the... Ford and horse and buggy car ride, which is actually like quite long. Like it's a, unless there's two of these rides, I think there's just the one, but like, look how I'm looking at Google earth right now. I'm like, look how long it is. Like this car ride is giant. And oh, it, yeah, it's totally. underneath the, uh, it's almost hard to see when you're actually there. Yeah. And they got and some other flat rides too, some standards like a waltzer and a wave swinger. And, and then there's a the last area to park, which is, um, where the newer coasters are. So yeah. when you get into the park, it's actually the most convenient to get to. Um, that is home to a water ride that's kind of in a pond, like a naturalistic kind of water ride. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a splash battle, but it's like... Is it? Yeah. Well, they, sort of. It's got, I feel like it's almost like a homemade version. It's, of like, it's got it little water fe- features and things, but it's like they're themed to like little trinkets and gadgets and stuff. And then they have this theme, like flower, right? Watering can. And you may and have stuff. seen this somewhere on like TikTok or something because I think it went viral. Oh, a it's like a drop tower. It's a weird drop tower, <laughs> which is like, how do you describe those drop towers? It was, it's funny how it's like you feel like you're. It's like floorless. Like you're you're sitting on it and you're sort of straddling. So and, if you don't know what these are, it's like two trees that face each other, and then there's like these tree trunks themed seating panels that have like six seats next to each other like in groups of 12 and you face each other on these two towers and then the free fall is kind of like it tilts you forward a little bit and then it's kind of shades it's really hard it's really weird it's not great <laughs> well at one point you get to the top it, it starts out innocently enough like a giant frog hopper and then practically and then yeah. it gets at, towards the end it takes you all the way to the top and the whole thing just like lurches forward and like throws you into the lap bar and then you drop and then you drop and it's 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 it it's one of those rides where at least one person per dispatch like absolutely loses their shit because they feel like the ride is 
collapsing out from I mean, it's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I guess that's kind of... It was kind of nonsensical to It's me. the kind of ride where, like, if you can, if you really feel like being a shitty person, you know, get some friends together and make them ride it and see if you can... See if you can lure them over there when the ride isn't actually doing its cycle. So, you know, get them on and get them in line before they can see what the ride actually does. I can say this from experience because that's exactly how my first experience went where I wrote it and they were like, oh, yeah, that's just a little, but you should ride it with us. I was like, okay, like, whatever. And I didn't see what it did prior to writing. And then so when we rode, it was like I thought my life was over. Um, <laughs> but it's super fun regardless. So now let's talk a little bit about the, the big boys. Duo. So we have Hope Supercom from Voldomf. Now Voldomf is a train station themed Vekoma Junior coaster that starts off, uh, well, Junior Boomerang, that starts off with its usual like backwards lift and then um, drops to the station. It has a couple of like these like bunny Estern hops. And then eventually goes into the station of Halp Superconf, which is themed to a um, um, like a hostel. Yeah. Uh, and then you go through the roof of it and stick out of it. <laughs> and then you do, of course, the hops backwards. Now, above this, which is a really fun Fukoma family boomerang coaster. Like, it's really pleasant. It has, like, the larger, newer trains. Like, it was actually kind of comfortable. Like, it wasn't bad. Um, and then above that hovers a giant new Fukoma suspended throw coaster, an STC, as they call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the new version of an SLC. Um, it's almost like not even comparable because this is the first ever kind of invert that does the things it does. It's almost like a, like, like a twister looper. It's like airtime and it really, yeah, G-rolls. Like, yeah, imagine like, like a blitz coaster without, without a launch, but then like on the invert. Really, really unique. There's really like fun. small inversions before there are large inversions. Like, this really weird stuff. So I guess we're going to run through the layout real quick because it's really it's is got like a different kind of coaster. Station, yeah, so in the station, you're in like a big restaurant, bar. That's part of the thing. hostel. Yeah, like you can check in there, hostel. get the keys and stuff. So the front row queue has its own queue with its own hallway and it goes by like the front desk area. Um, and then the rest all, you know, are all a shared space because obviously the front row is more unique. And it seems to you being a kind of like a, like a backpack or trekking through. The landscape and I'm stopping at a hostel, so every seat is themed to like you wearing a backpag and yeah. having a little flag on yeah. you. It is really cute. It's really cute. And so, uh, obviously, it's an invert, right? So, you start off with uh, your lifts, um, and you have this pretty steep drop that no, pre, no pre drop or anything. It's like a steep drop down, um, and, and then, then you the, go straight into this, this giant zero G roll. Zero G roll that. Goes that over the station, over the glass roof of the Voldemort exactly train station, and then it goes right around the supports of Voldemort's backwards lifts uh, via a um, Immelman. So you have this like Immelman kind of elements um, that hugs or actually repurposes the same supports as the the Junior Boomerang, and then after that you have this like pretty big airtime hill that goes over the midway. Yeah, um, it's followed by another airtime hill. Um, that kind of changes direction, kind of like an S turn. So this thing is like half the elements. It gives like non-inverting airtime moments, which is really, really wild for an inverted coaster. Then you're followed up by, I believe it's a zero G roll. I love next, the way the so zero like G roll crew. looks in this render from yeah, space. Like it's a zero G roll. Yeah. The the my favorite part of this ride is exiting this mid-ride zero G-roll into a 270-degree downward helix. Super low to it the is ground. So nice. Intense. Oh, it's so intense. That's a funny thing. Like the pacing on this thing goes between like these giant elements and like these really tight elements mid ride. Yeah. 
Um, that's followed by like a little airtime hill, and yeah, then there's this hop, overbank turn, overbank, and then there's another bunny hop into a pretty sharp drop, well into the ground, into the lowest part of the ground, which is below midway level practically, and then there's a really sharp little zero G roll corkscrew kind yeah, of moment where you hop up and over the 270 degree helix and then back under it, and then you, and then you pop up, pop up into, into the, the final break. So. And then at the final breaks, really, really nicely themed. Um, you're like in kind of like this alleyway between the um, between the station and the maintenance barrier. Yeah. So area. and then there's this big rabbit, and it's you know it, it has some sort of German story about yeah. like really you're yeah, afraid well, of a big rabbit, yeah. and, and you know and you keep going whatever something yeah. like that. Um, the ride is brilliant. Really, I mean, it's amazing. It makes you feel like oh my god. So between that and fly and whatever I've heard of Lech coaster, yeah, I need those damn Facomas in the United States. Like it's I need more of like, them closer. The sucker punch intensity of a B&M invert, but it is incredibly satisfying, very family friendly. I think what I enjoy about it is that the trains are so long, and yet it doesn't feel like any part of the train necessarily gets the, the worst end of it. pacing is wonderful. Because they have really snappy elements, but the ride is shaped in such a way that like the rolls kind of continue. We never once seen the new Vacoma designs. The rolls kind of continue in such a way that like a really long train, it's still like an enjoyable experience to everyone. I feel like when you think about B&M's, for example, the trains could be kind of short, but like there isn't a whole lot of continuous rolling going on. A lot of elements then go back into the direction that they came from. Um, but kind of like Fly and Hall Superconf, which have long trains and are mostly inverted, there is a lot of elements that are snappy, but whatever the element is followed by kind of lets that snappiness be the same for all rows. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's really in really genius design work, I think. Where um, and of course the front and back have different experiences. I think we constituted that we liked the front the best still because I mean most inverts I think that's the case. Um, but the back too is just so whippy in some elements. And uh, if you've seen our vlog, which um, it's on our new YouTube channel, um, I was really amazed by the airtime on it. I think the first thing I said when we got off, it's like wow, there's like an invert with airtime, Air, like yeah. you can. Proper airtime. Yeah, the restraints are, are, are lab-based with, like, a, like a slide vest. Um, is there even a vest on these? Yeah, it, no, it's No, like, there's it's no vest on these. Bar. It's just a lap bar. That's right. This is already past that generation. It's, it's just a lap bar. And there's just moments where, like, you get good out-of-your-seat air with just a lap bar. It feels like, you know, like, like a good airtime coaster, but it's an invert that also has inversions. It's very, very pleasant attraction. You sit in this thing thinking, like, all right. It's, it, it, you sit on it, your brain is thinking, like, Jimmy Neutron Atomic Flyer or something. Like, just a simple little... That is a whole-ass thrilling ride with some great moments. That's my only complaint is I wish, like, the inversions were a little more varied. The Immelman is a great moment, even though it's not a true inversion. It's sort of like a partially inverted Immelman. I just... And the barrel rolls are great. I just almost wish there was more. I wish there was, like, a, a dive loop or a vertical loop or just more. I wanted it to be even longer. It's just... It's a great ride, and you just want well, more. Well, despite having it. two zero G rolls, they're both so different. Yeah, one is like this giant. I mean, think about it. The first thing you do is you drop straight down to almost ground level, and then there is a almost like sky rush height difference in the second element, where it's that very stressed out. But really it goes through like so fast. A corkscrew at the beginning, and then that second zero G roll is it's like a half is a much more snappy version. G. Yeah, almost like an HB roll situation. Yeah. Like it looks, it kind of reminds me of like what you could do in Roller Coaster Tycoon. You do like the half corkscrew piece and then a half zero G roll piece, and you think like 
Oh, this is very, like, interesting. Like, a park's never really done this, but now this park has. But yeah, for, as, for a ride that has three barrel roll type inversions, they all definitely feel different. It's a, more varied in their applications than, like, an RMC, for example, having three barrel rolls, unless we're talking, like, uh, like Untamed or something. But, yeah, for me, it's it's there isn't much about the ride I would change, except that, like, it could always be longer. Um, but it's, it's still a pretty good length, though, for an invert. I feel like a lot of inverts aren't that it's, long it's unless they're really, really big. Really perfect for the park. And the layout feels so unique. I feel like a lot of inverts, especially when you're used to, like, Batman clones or the SLCs in general, you know, it all just kind of feels the same um, because there's so many similar coasters out there, or even the big B&M inverts. But this really felt super unique, almost in a way that Fly felt very unique. It just felt like its oh, own yeah. product line, even though it's an invert or a flying coaster. Um, so kind of cool how close these Vekomas are now in, in Germany and Poland and stuff, and they're all so fire. Um, again, I really want some in the U.S. Oh, another really funny thing about this ride is, um, you may have seen our TikTok about it. Oh, the storks. It's the storks. So we're like in this stork protection nature area that like a bunch of storks live in, and storks are not afraid of any fucking thing. Like They're just like storking. They just roll with it. They roll with it, and they're pretty competitive. We saw a couple fighting where we were like cresting the lift over right like below us. They whatever. were like dancing. It was fascinating. Yeah, and we're like, wait a fucking second. And then, but anyway, there's one sitting on a support. The support is white. Yeah. And it wasn't white painted white. Bird it's shape. painted green. Yeah. But this bird has lived there. Like, so they are almost like penguins. Like, they are they are paired for life, and then they live in the same place for practically their entire yeah. life. So one stork decided, okay, Girl, this support over here. This, this is, is my. The, this is my store tower. Like this I is, have my little, my little territory. So that support belongs to that particular store. And, and the stork lives is on the store. Live on that and shits on the stork every day. And the, on, the, I mean, on the support, <laughs> on the support, the, the stork. This stork is going to live on this ride support for like the rest of its life. Like he has chosen. And the he support, sits there, and, and the train goes. comes by like every minute or two, and he don't give a shit. And he doesn't. He does give a shit on the support. He literally shits on the support, but he is not. He doesn't mind. He doesn't bother. He's completely unbothered. It's um, so great. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of storks living in the trees around like the drop ride and stuff. Like, yeah. This is a very stork-heavy corner of the park. Yeah, like the whole park is there. famous for their storks. Like In one of the older areas of the park, they have the little stork water garden show with the music and like the two stork statues. Yeah. Representing their little mating dance. No area has like all these like road signs that are heart shaped with storks on them. And yeah, stuff. Like, it's super endearing. Like and and there's like stork statues and things. Like it's definitely like the local mascot. Like they love the storks. They embrace them. And like not only did were they like doing their little dance at the top of the lift hill, but you can hear them clapping their beaks. Yeah, it's like, like a loud clapping. Yeah. It's a distinct sound that you'll hear throughout your day. Um, <laughs> You always know that there's storks around. Um, but overall, um, that combination of the two coats is phenomenal. I yeah. wonder more often. I know there's some parks looking into doing a similar thing. It's just really, really, really good. I feel like that's my... I mean, that's my far my favorite attraction there. It was a classic. freaking good. Like a classic trip drill move to have like this integrated double e-ticket thrill combo ride set up. Just like the Sanctus and, and the Log Flume or doing Caraco and the River Rapids ride, kind of in the same basic area. Um, yeah, great. This park has such a fabulous lineup of coasters. Like, you really couldn't ask for more. And also the giant zoo safari park is riding near it mm-hmm. um, that is also worth visiting, according to Sven. Check that out. But, yeah, park overall, really pleasant, very cohesive because it's so 
green and landscape focused and it's everything has space to breathe like everything's kind of its own area and something else that is really great about this park is like germany has parks in germany have decided that every every theme park is going to be full of individual themed areas like parks like Fantasyland and Europa Park and Efteling even have like really influenced so many parks in the area and everyone is doing themed areas and little vignetted sections, even if their park was never designed that way and the areas of the park don't necessarily lend themselves to those themes. Um, But parks are just doing it because that is the thing to do. But Tripstrill is so confident and unbothered by what other parks are doing. They're just doing their own thing and... The park is all the better for it. it it's very it has, refreshing. It's it has very unique. One, the park has one cohesive mood. Like, you could divide it up into thirds, but it's more of a geographical division. Yeah, because anything. the park is really spread out. So you have that giant loop. You have the original square with all the little dark rides in the gardens. It's really heavily yeah, vegetated. Yeah, and then you have the halls over And then you have the new, like... Exactly, yeah. So, and it's all just, like... Everything is, has a, its own individual little theme, but all of the little themes of the of the rides are all just local color. But once exactly one thing I actually want to say in, in, in that vein is that you can always kind of tell what the park's motives are based on their color schemes on coasters. And this park, like, everything is really kind of works together. Yeah, because you have green, gray, and um, brown, beige, kind of as like yeah. your main colors. Whether it's the wooden coast or the infrared, and like there's one pop of dark red for Volumph, and that yeah. still really works because it's kind of like underneath this giant cover of gray steel. I mean, uh, sorry, brown steel. So overall, all the colors are really just like, you can look at this park from a distance and it doesn't look clashing at all. It's this not like park the magic or Cedar really Point or something. really wants you know? to embrace nature, the natural beauty, color palettes. Though I will say in general, European parks are really not, not Wild Holland, but um, most European parks of, have really started repainting stuff in naturalistic natural like colors. colors. I mean, think about yeah. Wild Belgium and their repaints of Vampire with black and red instead of blue and red. And then Cobra there is now beige. Uh, and then, of course, you have Mupar Germany that changed their looky look into beige. Uh, there's just a lot of a lot more naturalistic colors being kind of a vibe. Uh, I really, really kind of like landscapes like that. Hansa Park is no different. You know, same thing. Heide Park. Just uh, German parks in general, they have they have a pretty good color thing going on. Like then they kind of keep it consistent. German parks are so unconcerned with whether or not their skyscraping roller coasters like are noticeable from far distances. Like they don't need neon colors and things to like. Well, also get oftentimes they're located nowhere near anything is visible. Right, and also it's a lot of protected areas where like they are expected to paint stuff a certain way to protect. You know, the nature around it, Hyde Park yeah. particularly. Um, but yeah, um, really, really good park. We can't wait to go back. Um, I think we will go back pretty soon because it's not too far from Frankfurt, not too far from Stuttgart. Like, it's it's doable. Um, in fact, we're even toying with the idea of doing it on the same day as Holiday Park, but honestly, I can't be bothered by going to Holiday yeah, Park. Yeah, once we so. went to Trip Stroll, like, we were like, oh, maybe we could leave early and go to Holiday Park, and then we we're like, no, like, this park is too cute. It's too yeah. cute. Trip um, Stroll would be like the ultimate pass holder park. It would be such a vibe to just show up every day. Well, not made out every day, but like a couple times a week with your little wine goblet. And <laughs> sip wine and ride. Sip wine and ride. Awesome. And That's right. That's the vibe. 
And um, we're going to end it with that because it's, it's already 3 a.m. here. And <laughs> we're always recording at the weirdest times. So make sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, all the good stuff. Check out our YouTube, YouTube. channel. Yeah. Um, please help us grow because that's our newest thing. And of course, all this amazingness can be found on thecoastofkings.com. Look for our trips through park updates, uh, park trip report. There's lots of awesome pictures in there. I really enjoy the photography of this pictures park. Of- um, I think you can put kind of more of our thoughts Flowers, together storks. by looking at the pictures <laughs> there. And without further ado, we'll catch you guys in the next episode, which for you and I together will be Rope Park, I think. Yeah. So we'll catch you guys in the Rope Park episode, and you have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.